We have a great conversation with an NFL Hall of Famer today. It's Tuesday, June 13th. I'm senior writer Owen Poindexter, and this is Front Office Sports Today. In 2015, Calvin Johnson caught 88 passes for 1,214 yards for the Detroit Lions. He made his sixth consecutive Pro Bowl. His numbers were down from a few years prior when he led the NFL in catches and yards, but he was still considered among the best wide receivers in football, deserving of the nickname Megatron. Following that age 30 season, Johnson shocked the football world by retiring. He was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 2021. For the following years, he had a frosty relationship with the only team he ever played for, due to a dispute over $1.6 million that the team recovered from his signing bonus, which he believes he is entitled to. Relations between Megatron and the team have started to improve lately, but he also has a lot else going on, including a cannabis line he started with his former teammate, Rob Sims. I had the opportunity to speak to Megatron about all of this and plenty more. Here's my conversation with Calvin Johnson. All right. Very excited to be joined now by Calvin Johnson Jr., a.k.a. Megatron, NFL Hall of Famer. Welcome, Calvin. Thanks for having me on. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, so I want to start kind of with the end of, end of your NFL career and go forward into what you've got going on now. So you retired from the NFL in 2015. Uh, with You know, you were... You're young for, for an NFL retiree, especially one with your accomplishments. With eight years of hindsight, do you, do you feel good about that decision? Yeah, I mean, my body was at a point where um, it just wasn't ready to go anymore. I, can, I couldn't be out there, and, and, and I didn't feel like the same player that I was when I was, you know, uh, I say in my heyday, everybody thinks I'm in my prime at year nine, but I don't know many people in their prime after playing nine years in the NFL, um, especially when the average is only two, three years. So, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't something where like if you'd been traded to a contender, um, like, like had you been traded to a contender, would you have kept going another year or two, you think? Or were you ready to give it up? Don't even think about it because I wasn't going anywhere, you know, <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. going anywhere. So it doesn't even make any sense to even spend time thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so when you retired, you had maybe you'd say a frosty relationship with the Lions, your team. Um, I understand there's some specific issues there. What's your relationship right now with the Lions? Yeah, in the process of trying to mend defenses or bring it back together, uh, Mike Disner over there has led, led the charge and reaching out uh, and, and outreach to me, um, which has you know, led me to feel a little bit comfortable and, and even you know stepping back into the fold a little bit and trying to uh, you know, at least find some, uh, some way to, you know, bring things or bring it back together so I can get back into the fold and really just at the end of the day, just figure out a way to move forward. And that's what we're in the process of doing now. And is that important to you because you want closure there or is it something where, you know, you, you care about this team. It's kind of a family when you're in it and you want to, you want to be part of it. Yeah. It's not necessarily about, you know, you know, the up, the people upstairs or the administration It's more so about the players that are coming through that organization. You know, and the, uh, I guess, the leadership, the life skills, characteristics that, you know, that we, I have exuded throughout my career, you know, things that, you know, I, I feel like I can sharpen their toolkit, sharpen their tools, you know, put some things into their toolkit that can be used on and off the field. So, I mean, not only that, you know, for my kids to be able to go and, and see where I, where I did business, but it's really about the players, man, and, and what they are, honestly, what they're missing out because of this issue that, I, that the team and I are having. 
Okay, yeah. And this might, I don't mean to like sound callous or anything, but uh, like, why do you care about the the players that are are coming up with the Lions right now? You know, guys, you you didn't play with personally um, with a team that you know you you have issues with the ownership. Um, why do you feel invested in those players? Yeah, it's just like I mean, the same reason I work in my foundation. You know, it's just the better the youth, better those that come behind me because we got I've got too much to give. You know, and it's a, it'll be a shame for me just to hold it all in. So, with all the experience the experiences that I've had, you know, I, I'm 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 happy to share with those that are around me. And since I do live in Michigan, I, I mean, it would be only makes sense probably for, you know, the guys on that team to probably, you know, kind of share in those experiences too. Yeah. And as long as you brought up the foundation, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? What, what is the foundation? Yeah, it's Calvin Johnson Jr. Foundation. Um, been in existence uh, since 2008. That's when we started 501c3. Uh, the mission just to, to focus on youth and uh, and families in, in at-risk areas or at-risk youth and families, just those that might not might need financial assistance, uh, just might be, um, you know, uh, 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 in tough family situations. Um, we find those people that are in need, you know, and we, we, we do things from giving scholarships to feeding the homeless to uh, uh, any other uh, community initiatives, you know, where we can find that we can help. You know, a lot of a lot of things that we do you know, can't be on camera because, you know, if you're going to help abuse folks and, and stuff like that, those type of things can't be on camera. And, you know, those are the things that bring us the most joy because you feel that we're able to help people uh, right where they are, you know. And then, honestly, honestly, most of the time, it's really just by acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, when you watch football these days, does it feel like the same league you left eight years ago? Uh, yes and no. It's a little different. I feel like there's like new rules like every year. Um, they're obviously they're trying to make the game safer. Um, when I was in when I was in the league, you know, uh, it's kind of the second half of my career was when they really start to implement maybe you know trying to get rid of the opioids because the epidemic was uh, was on the rise there and trying to limit concussions. You know, that was kind of the second half of my career. But most of my career, you know, they're that, they're still celebrating the big hits. You know, I forget the segment that was on ESPN. You know. You know, we celebrated it, too. But, you know, it was with knowledge, you know, things can change. And, you know, we gain knowledge about, you know, what's happening with our brethren and concussions and, uh, and CTE. So, you know, it kind of, you know, I think is a reality check for a lot of folks. Yeah. And I feel like there's often that tension in sports, not just football, but football is probably the, the biggest, most prominent example where the parts that are often the most exciting for the fans, maybe for the players, too, are the ones that, yeah, now we know are putting people at risk, are doing real damage to people's brains. But the league is not about to just say, like, okay, well, like, let's let's just make it, you know, two hand touch or something. Yeah, that's not happening. This league, you know, <laughs> it's like I, they've been making too much money. You know, they ain't about to change nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we, I guess we did see, um, like, the the uh, Pro Bowl went to flag football, and that's sort of where they're starting to invest more resources, you know, with youth because, you know, they're looking long-term. They, maybe they're seeing that this is not, they're going to have, maybe, I don't know what's going to happen with the NFL. It feels like the NFL is such a juggernaut. It's not really going to change in that regard, but, um, but, you know, like I, I have kids, you have kids, like I wouldn't want my kids to play like NFL football right now because of the risks. And, you know, maybe those are getting better, but I think they can see that they're, parents like me that um would be pretty antsy about um about the risks involved 
Yeah, I was fortunate. You know, my mom didn't let me play football until I got to seventh grade. You know, that's probably a blessing in disguise because you play football, there's going to be concussions. You're going to hit your head. You know, it's concussions simply anytime, I guess, your, your, your brain touches your skull. And that can happen. It don't have to be, you don't have to be going, you know, running 20 miles an hour for that happen, for that to happen. You know, it could be a hit when you're like just a foot away from somebody. You know, it could just be you hitting the ground. You know, I've, most of my concussions come from just hitting the ground. You know, the ground doesn't move. So, um, that's where, I mean, a lot of guys, you know, you don't think about it, but there's just so many tiny contacts, not tiny contacts, there's so many contacts throughout the sport. And, uh, a concussion is diet is so many, like, I think there's just such a large, um, I guess, uh, uh, disparity, I guess, from, you know, a, a minor concussion to a large concussion and the symptoms that you show that it's hard to even recognize the small ones, you know, and the ones that, that build up. And then really the small ones can lead to bigger issues because if you have them back to back to back, um, that's when you really get in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, you know, from what reading I've done on the topic, that's my understanding is like maybe the bigger issue is that, yeah, you can have these small concussions. They don't recognize you stay in the game. Um, and so you don't necessarily go through the protocol and yeah, you can have those three plays in a row. Um, to that so, point, um, can be safe a safer place in the future to that point because you know there's so they have baselines on where you are before concussion and after so they're able to without asking you do you have a concussion and you being like uh yeah because i want to play no I'm, i don't have a concussion coach i'm good because that's how it was back in the day when we were playing it's like you good i'm good i see stars but i'm good <laughs> you know yeah right you know, we probably shouldn't have been back out there, but that's just uh, the culture and the way football was. So with the change that there is today, that hopefully um, it limits the amount of uh, uh, cognitive issues that we see from players in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's something really, it really shouldn't be, the decision should not be in the hands of the player. Like you want their input, but you don't want them saying, like, you know, they want to support their team. They want to be out there, obviously. Um, just one more question on the Lions. So the team has, it stayed in the same family, but has the person at the top has changed both at the end of your career near the end and also in recent years, have those changes affected your relationship at all with the team or, or not really? I mean, like I said, the, the major change that's come is Mike is, is my communications with Mike Disner. I believe his title is, uh, I, I could be wrong, but I think he's the COO over there with the line. He's, he's been there for the last, you know, just not very long last couple of years, but, you know, I sat there and met with the man, and it seems like he wants to, um, to to get me back into the fold. And I can appreciate that because I didn't really, you know, feel that way from a lot of other people there. So I can appreciate that. I know the team wants me in the fold because, you know, when I'm around the players, the coaches, they always ask me to come back. They ask me why I'm not there. I'm like, y'all know why I'm not there. But, <laughs> that, you know, hopefully that we can continue on the path that we're on right now. And, you know, really I just want to be able to be a, be a, uh, be a shoulder for the players to lean on. So getting into to what you've been doing post-retirement, you started a cannabis brand with your, your former teammate, Rob Sims. Um, uh, so it's called Primitive. And what inspired you to start Primitive? Yeah, I think, um, well, obviously, I, I, I used cannabis while I played. It helped out with my recovery from sleep. I mean, sleeping is everything. If I can't sleep, you, you're going to feel like crap the next day. You can't get the best out of your, uh, your, your work the next day. So sleep was everything, but it's really when I used it in a different application when I did Dancing with the Stars and I used it in the form of a topical. I was about to quit the show because I was, uh, I was, I was having a chronic swelling that I suffered from when I was playing. And you, know, you can't move when your, your ankles are swollen. And you know, so I tried it. A couple of days later, my swelling went down and stayed down. And you know, that was the moment I was like, oh, shoot, like, there's something to this. You know? and, uh, so if the opportunity ever you know, um, um, 
was allotted to me, you know, I would definitely love to take a part in this industry because I'm a true believer in the, the, the healing power. So um, going forward, opportunity came in Michigan. We went recreational and maybe 18-ish, somewhere around there. And um, we had the, uh, the opportunity to start a business from the ground up. You know, we was like, hey, we were in the real estate game. We was like, hey, we could we could own the real estate, be the landlord, you know, collect our checks. Or we can, you know, build a team out because we know what a good team and a bad team look like. You know, I was with Detroit for a long time. So from that point, we just built the team out. And, you know, now we're uh, 40 to 50 team members deep and, you know, been operating a handful of years now. Very wide open question, I guess. But what's one of the more challenging parts of operating that business? The biggest challenge of operating businesses, I feel like, and it might just be businesses in general, um, is the people. Um, you can set all your SOPs your procedures, your business practices, you can have all that stuff tight. But at the end of the day, it's people that are making some of these things happen. So um, it's important to make sure your culture is tight, making sure that you treat everybody firm but fair. And with the, with, with that, I mean, we've, we haven't had a whole lot of turnover. Obviously, we're a business, so we, we have had some turnover. But in that, I mean, for the most part, I mean, the people in the business are what run the business. The people in the business can, you know, bring down a business or they just, or they can help it elevate through the culture. And that's what we're just focused on and just embedding a, a great culture. You know, people that, uh, you know, believe in what we tell them that we're going to do, because obviously the things that we're telling them we're going to do, we've been doing them. And I think that's what's helping us grow a, a solid culture. But for any business, uh, I've had businesses uh, before the cannabis thing and it was it was it was people. And a lot of it was just. Being on the same page and it boils down to communication at the end of the day. All right. Before we go, I want to give you a quick lightning rounds. Be a bunch of quick questions, some some sports, some not. All right. So first one, favorite movie. Oh man, that's tough. Ooh, I'm a movie buff. I am watching every movie out there. But over the last I mean, I just say this one because I've probably watched it like five times in the last year like top gun was that the new, the new top gun was the new top gun okay nice pretty nice. legit hey i don't know probably like you gotta give me some time thinking about my favorite movie all time i love heist movies you know so like oceans 11 the oceans movies um italian job italian job might be one that's definitely up there in the top, probably all right then uh you said you did dancing with the stars um is there like a particular style of dance that is like your thing I loved uh, doing uh, the salsa. The salsa was fun. I feel like that was one of my, um, I did one of my favorite dances uh, on the show um, during the salsa. So that, that was pretty hot. All right. I, this is hard for a lightning round, but whatever. One change you would like to make to the NFL, if you could, if you're emperor for a day, you can make one change. Um, more minorities and ownership. Um, and last one, best part of being about being an NFL Hall of Famer. Best part about being an NFL Hall of Famer is the knock. It's really, literally, when they come and knock on your door, obviously, the, the, the stories that you get from all the old Hall of Famers, because this is the history of the game. But as, for me, it was the knock, because when the knock came, it just kind of a, a, a flashback of your whole NFL, college, high school, uh, just football career in general. You're able to, I was able to, you know, almost, you know, in, a, in, in, the, in the back of my mind, just see all those moments vividly. You know, as, as David Baker was knocking on my door and I was talking to him right after that moment. So, um, you know, that was a that was one of the biggest surprises I've had in a long time. All right. Calvin Johnson, thanks so much for joining us on the show. Hey, thank you. You have a good one, man. 
That's it for today. Rate and review the show on your podcast app. It takes you just a sec. It helps other people find the show. And I personally get a little dopamine boost from it. So you can make that your good deed for the day. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow.